0: The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. We do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those rocking it on the other side. This week, we have part one of an incredibly insightful conversation with David Kolbush, one of the most incredible humans I've had on this show. We couldn't encapsulate his story and advice in one episode, so for the first time... For the first time ever i said screw it we're making this a two-parter and really that's great news for you the aspiring advertiser because david is one of the best in the business david is the chief creative officer at orchard and he's an ad week creative 100 So if you didn't know, Orchard was founded in 2019 and they've been awarded as Campaign U.S. Agency of the Year in 2020 for independent agencies and Campaign Global Agency of the Year in 2020 as well for independent agencies, along with probably a lot more awards. So check out Orchard. They've also produced excellent work, including Super Bowl ads for Oikos Triple Zero and Dashlane, And this is from Campaign. They said that the small agency made four more campaigns during COVID-19, including one for Silk, Soy with Michael Phelps, and the firm saw year-over-year growth of 132%. That's pretty damn good. But let's get back to David. Frequently cited as one of the advertising industry's most esteemed creative leaders, David began, began his journey as a journalist, moving into copywriting because it felt less corrupt as an industry. And he's worked on some of the biggest brands in the world, including Coca-Cola, Amazon, Facebook, X, and The Gap. So when it comes to the work he creates on behalf of brands, Colbush's standards are high, but never at the expense of collaboration, which we love. Here are some quotes. Colbush is known for being one of the ad industry's most sought-after creative leaders. And his next move after Droga 5 has long been a subject of speculation. That was in... That was featured in an Adweek article back in April 12th of 2022. And David Droga himself said uh, he's one of the world's best creative leaders. That was featured in Campaign also on April 12th of 2022. So in this first part, we break down his early career and how he broke into advertising. And we leave you with a cliffhanger at the end as we will post his second part, his second part interview next week. That contains tangible advice on how you can break in and thrive in advertising now i get it you're probably gonna to want to learn more so we listed out david's top resources for aspiring advertisers on our instagram our instagram is breaking and entering pod all one word go there give us a follow and check out those secret resource tools that he listed out just for you. now on with the show this is the breaking and entering advertising podcast and as usual I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right. David Kolbush, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Good morning. How are you doing today in New York? That's where you're at?
1: I'm feeling I'm I'm in New York. I'm feeling very good, very plucky. I feel, I feel like I've got a lot of energy today.
0: Good. Let's. Is this your first meeting of the day?
1: Um, <clears throat> my first meeting of the day, not my first call of the day. Okay. I've had okay. a couple of social calls.
0: Social calls? No yeah. social calls during the work week.
1: I know, I know. But you know, London's a few hours ahead. Yes. So I, I still have the odd. Uh, friend or connection in London, so I mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just, before the workday kicks off, if I've been charged with <clears throat> rallying the children and getting them ready for summer camp, and I'm up really, really early, then I'll have a little bit of time to kill, and I'll either do a workout or, a, or, or have a chat with someone from the old world.
0: The old world. Gotcha. Yeah. We're going to break that all down for the people listening, because you lived in London prior to orchard correct you were at droga five i believe in london for multiple years did you grow up in london
1: well no uh so my mom uh is english by birth uh moved to canada where she met my father and uh and then i was born in canada and spent um most of my uh young years there um all of them actually um but uh yeah in my 20s i started to move around what's uh, it
0: like growing up in canada
1: it's uh it's great. I mean, it's it's you couldn't um uh you couldn't have hoped for a better upbringing. Um, you play hockey? I, I couldn't have. No, no, I wasn't. I was never a sporty, sporty person. I always tried, um uh and and still try. Uh, and I just gotcha. kind of put around all the different sports, trying to gain a foothold. I think the closest we have got is like, I've had moments with basketball. I've had moments with baseball. I've had moments with um hockey but you know it's, it's 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 such um uh sports is such a it's uh, such a, a big part of well human existence
0: that, right that, 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 so what'd you do instead
1: uh, arts always the arts
0: what type of arts and where also where in canada did oh you grow um
1: up? ottawa is is uh oh that's interesting so i've just learned it's funny because wh- i've spent most of my adult life in the uk and instinctively you have to you have to hit your t's and your d's more so, uh, so what, uh, for the longest time, I pronounced it Ottawa or Toronto, and the then the way that you use words uh, uh, changes where you are, so that you purely so that you can be understood, not as a right, right. Madonna-esque affect, but just purely for communication purposes. And I've just noticed now, as I said, Ottawa, I rolled my t's right uh
0: it's, it's toronto you don't pronounce it yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. but,
1: but I, this is the first time that i'm cognizant of the fact that i'm doing that now because for the longest time i would hit the t's or d's but i've been i've been in new york for a year so now i guess i'm rolling them again how we interesting
0: go. we're learning things about each
1: other or ourselves
0: you there know, we right? go mm. we, that's what we like to do so you grow up what well, arts what are we talking about oh, yeah
1: um so probably books were first uh, so it's I think every medium I've uh, I've taken under my wing and 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 just it's become so I, uh, so yeah it, it's it's kind of mediums that I get obsessed with uh, <laughs> but first it was reading uh, probably television um, followed by uh, te- television and film, film probably together but reading was likely first then <laughs> uh, and music was uh, music was sort of ever present so that core unit and then it, it expanded into uh photography art um are you are you taking
0: lessons in any of the like photography lessons or is it just self-experiment like just kind of picking up new hobbies on your own are your parents supporting you in this how does that work
1: oh this is from a very very young age so like like when i was like uh what's what's the equivalent so grade one, I get, no, we we're back in the grade system, grade one. So I was like about six years old. So in uh, I, I never got any sports trophies or anything like that, but I got an avid reader award is what nice. my school. So like, like even from a very young age and then that translated into writing. And so writing is probably the first act, the first creative act that I ever did. Um, And then yeah music came later and drawing i was never particularly good at drawing i always my my ambition was always uh far greater than my um than my uh my aptitude um and i took lessons cartooning lessons and stuff like that at an early age instead of like the sports camps i went through all the sports camps i think i was injured at every sport my parents would sign me up for a sport i'd get injured in the first lesson and then i'd quit the sport and then eventually they capitulated and put me into uh, like drawing classes or writing classes or something like that. And, and you right. had, that
0: was a better fit for you. you yeah, that's where I found it.
1: my footing. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So arts base growing up instead of sports. And that was in Ottawa, Canada. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And is there any, you know, you said TV, you were watching television. TV,
1: film, kind of like it was, It was. It was I was, um. I was a consumer of the arts and culture. More than I ever was an active participant. I draw my own comics, write my own stories, but never with any real sort of um, uh, millennial or Gen Z esque ambition. Uh, there was no there was no hustling at the age of thirteen. I was always kind of but that's more of a phenomenon due to um, uh, accessibility of the resources to create. Uh, yes,
0: and we'll talk about that for sure. Like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I wish there's a lot of
0: pressure to too
1: now. Actually,
0: you said that. Say that again.
1: I said, I wish I was 13 now. Why?
0: What would you but,
1: do? So, the tools at your disposal now, like, I would have loved to have made things back then. And I, like, I, I still, like, I look on with envy when you hear these origin stories of, of, of filmmakers and writers who would uh, who, who would create their own little uh, uh, films using Super 8 cameras or whatnot. And, yeah. uh, and it, it was just far too much effort and far too much work for. Right. I was the
0: is yeah. gone now. And especially yeah. with. Like the technology resources, generative AI, which I'm like learning about now, yeah. it's like soon the vision and the skills needed to execute it, the skills needed to execute are gonna slowly disappear, right? You can just kind of go and create stuff uh, with all these resources. Now, what which do you what do you think? What's that? Which only leaves imagination, right? And I like that. I like that too. I, some people are afraid of that.
1: No, yeah, I I think I I think. Uh... Yeah, people. Pe- usually, people without taste and talent are mostly afraid. Of that.
0: But do you think, like the, like then, do you see, like now, like with your younger hires? I know we're jumping around, but why not? Do you see, like people are just quick to create and like spend a lot of time on the ideas, or
1: yeah, is well, there a
0: lack of thought well, yeah, beforehand?
1: No, I don't think so. I think, but uh, we're very careful about who and how we hire, and we're mm-hmm. we're. Uh, Orchard is the the manifestation of of uh, of. um uh, kind of everything the partners, me, Laura, Barney, and uh, and Jim as well too, have have frustrated us in the past, and uh, and and so we're we're kind of using this as a as a as a as an entity to correct all of the things that have bothered right. us historically. One of which is the um, is the the separation of of the artificial separation of departments when you're all supposed to be working together. And so I, one of the things we're very focused on is making sure that. Um, everyone has a voice and it's it's quite I, I there's there's nothing worse than people who say they have a flat structure because it's always a little bit bullshit there's there's obviously yeah. a hierarchy there is there's
0: uh I've said that like, a couple times yeah no but I like I think well, I've only been in a couple eight, one agency but I yeah. I get what you're saying like that that's overdone or,
1: a little more egalitarianism great ideas can come from anywhere it, it's we, we try and act as. The most senior parties, the stakeholders within the agency, try and act as a filter rather than as a um, as a, um, uh, 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 kind of like a, an, uh, an overbearing
0: architect of all comms. How many people are at your agency?
1: Um, pro- probably between thirty and forty. I Can think. You, 40 yeah. So you
0: you are saying that you have a flat structure without no, saying
1: we're, it. Uh, we we. We were um, flat curious, shall we say? Um okay. we're, we're small enough that that um, a lot of levels and hierarchy uh, just tends to feel kind of uh, irritating and unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably
0: I, why you started, you went over there, right, or started yeah. it.
1: Well, I, I think I think that historically, I've actually been pretty good at navigating. Uh, away from agencies that, that, that are too uh, rigidly structured. Or if, if I have been at a larger agency, I've managed to um, uh, find my people, as as they would say, and, and kind of create um, uh, a group of individuals within an organization. That, and we just sort of uh, operate within that larger. Yeah. I, I guess they call them groups in, in much larger
0: agencies. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. I'm, well, that that piques my curiosity, but I want to get back to how you got involved in all this real quick. Oh, sure. So, yeah. so we'll get to where you're at today and, and the lessons along the way. But. Um, back to Ottawa and in, in Canada. So mm-hmm. what are you doing there and when did you discover, like, I guess, let's fast forward high school, like college decision day, sure. where did you want to go? How did you go about choosing what to study? Did you know you wanted to do advertising? You run me through your senior year of high school, right? Like right, right,
1: right. Uh, I, I think I had, a, I had a good senior year of high school in the sense that I had, I had some really great teachers. Uh, oh god, you're always supposed to remember the teachers. Uh, Mrs. Baldwin was one of them, she taught me politics and she was exceptional. And there was another one who taught American history and she was phenomenal, and I forget her name and I apologize. Uh, if you're out there listening, to other teacher, you're amazing too. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was history and political science, and okay. uh, and they did such a great job of bringing those worlds to life that I naturally felt a, a kinship with those uh, those those uh, topics of study. And so I went into uh, my my uh, college years thinking that that's the path that I was going to be headed now.
0: History, uh, politics, yeah. maybe a politician, maybe a lawyer. I could kind of see, perhaps. I had I don't
1: no know. idea. I just. For the first time in that final year of high school, I wasn't flunking, and it was because of these courses, and I felt great. You weren't flunking. I weren't. I wasn't flunking. Yeah. So, um, uh, but then it's then that that the the, their electricity, what they brought to the classroom, didn't carry. Isn't that
0: great? I love those. I love those people. I
1: love those teachers as well too. But can we find
0: are those people in agency life? You think like those mentors, those teachers? Have you had anybody like that? Like that same energy? Anybody come to mind?
1: Uh, from from like agency life yeah yeah. like
0: professional world
1: there's always great teachers um
0: but uh, with that same like spark that that have helped you navigate were there any big mentors teachers in professional life that you've had that are on the same playing field as those high school teachers
1: i would say that i at every agency i've been to i've learned from a variety of people uh and and they've been uh, uh so like there, my first job was at TBWA in Toronto. Okay, uh, that's right. That that's, that was my first ad job, and there were uh, there were a, a, a coterie of really brilliant individuals who like uh, there was uh, Simon Creed and Simon Duffy. Uh, there was uh, Simon
0: Creed and Simon Duffy.
1: Simon Creed and Simon Duffy. There was uh, Dan Benjamin and uh, uh, Darren Clark. They were really instrumental in the early years. there was um, uh, uh, Dan's brother Ben Venderman and Pat Parisi and that that formed the core unit of, of, um, of the, gotcha. the more senior teams at TBWA. So they were sort of like a they were a collection of three teams um that, that who sort of acted as mentors which were uh, a lot so a lot of the early learnings were
0: yeah that's it's so foundational i feel like for people like for our listeners to show up to yeah. the agency like i don't know how the, some agencies are how orchard runs it whether it's in person a couple days a week or not i'm of the philosophy like you should try to bridge the gap and try to show up and learn and develop these relationships oh, sure. like, especially younger age you can see those creative directors or people that might be more senior traveling around they have to uh, but if you're young like get in the office and, and show up
1: and I think so yeah for sure um uh, it's, I've enjoyed the remote experience as well but mm. it, it, nothing really beats the energy and you you could definitely have uh, energy does translate through the the, the computer screen but there's yeah. there's something about that in person energy that really yeah. actually sparks things and it allows you to flit about and um Take things from other people and, and kind mm. of find, and that's like to your to your to, to your um to your question about uh, a mentor. Um, if we're talking about do's and don'ts as we you kind of weave yeah. through the early years of advertising, uh, I wouldn't just try not to have one mentor, because yeah. what 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 you should be trying to do, I suppose, is is develop an individual voice, one that's your own, but. Uh, you learn skills uh, and what to do or what not to do from uh, a variety of different people and the aggregate effect of all that information should help form who you are as a creative person to take from a variety of individuals rather than just one and
0: and i will warn i have seen people that go shotgun method and they like reach out to a million different people and try to get all their advice on their portfolios and they go on linkedin they go i'll take any advice from anybody I, I admire the effort, but I also think it's better to have a pool of three, four, five people that you consistently go to, take their advice, apply it, or don't. Rather than shotgun method or just go all in on one. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. definitely, yeah. Spe- like have a core.
1: Oh yeah, because because chemistry is important as well too. Yeah. You're not just it's like the what's the it's it's like when you're going to see like a great therapist for one person might be a terrible therapist for another person. Sure. And So you have to see a variety of different therapists before yeah. you find one who works well or fits well with you. I don't yeah. want to find a therapist rather than life partner, okay. but uh, we'll work say, same applies for dating. Same applies for therapy. Same applies right. for everything. It's chemistry and and the, the the energy between humans is 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 hugely important. And if you if you uh, take guidance from the wrong people. Uh, for you, mm-hmm. that could, uh, that could have a net negative effect. Did you
0: find those mentors at the same agency that you worked at currently, or did you look out beyond other agencies?
1: Um. Uh. Oh, that's yeah. No, no. The, those those three teams were at my first agency, and because you're
0: with them so much, they're paid to be there. They have to show up, right? Like, neither,
1: neither, none of those uh those duos were were the the silver bullet. Obviously, they they just had. Uh, Simon and Simon had some really interesting things that I uh, that I, I I agreed with and, and found helpful, and Darren and Dan did, and and yep. uh, ben, ben and Pat did. But then, yeah, I suppose casting further afield, there were there were uh, there were there were men. T- there, there were there were there were the Canadian advertising scene at that stage, especially in Toronto, was interesting. It was a, a really fertile. Period. So there were people that you were you were fascinated by. Uh, Christina, Yu was was a, a burgeoning talent then, and I think she's gone ahead yeah. of a very uh, illustrious career. Uh, Janet, Nancy from O and M, uh, Janet Casson and Nancy Vonk, they were the originators of the uh, the, the Dove uh, Real Beauty um, uh, campaign for Real Beauty. That was oh. the, the, was, the, the, the was Jen- that Ogilvy. That, that was Ogilvy in Toronto, actually. Ah. And they Why were am a- I
0: thinking Brazil? Why would uh, I have that?
1: They, they did real beauty sketches, which was later, and okay. that was that was an extension of the campaign. But it originally started in Toronto. It did. And uh, I, tr- I wanted to get in to see Janet and Nancy, but uh, the, 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 the wall, it was very difficult to get in to see them. So I actually went, and, uh, I, I got a crit from um, Michael and Ian, who eventually became the Perlorian Brothers. And they were early mentors who were outside my own agency. Okay. So I, I saw them and and stayed connected to them for a while because our tones were very there right. was there was a lot of uh there was a lot of um similarity between the type of work that they like like to make.
0: What was it what was that at the time? What was uh, that tone?
1: It was just slightly offbeat humor. It was mm-hmm. and and there was uh they were very very good at at capturing um uh, uh, human emotion in a way that felt, um, irreverent, but still true. It wasn't just wacky for the sake of wackiness. It was born of, um, uh, uh, deeper internal emotional conflict.
0: How does that tie to your recent gold pencil win with ocean spray? Uh, do you think, see that parallelism in yeah, that?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. There's a, there's, I mean, it's a meandering line, but there's a line obviously but yeah i think that probably still holds true the the ocean spray work does take that uh the, the slight it's it's a it's a slightly offbeat execution of uh of, of um yeah a, a, a revealing of a deeper human truth, which is that we often find ourselves um stilted uh and wishing we could break free in uh in these, these these uh formal um
0: yeah holiday.
1: so yeah yeah these, i'm losing words sorry. yeah like
0: and everybody should go look that up uh, what 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 is it officially called like if they want to youtube it
1: i think it's called power your holidays is the official name.
0: power your holidays or
1: it might or be jiggle wiggle. i think you're probably better off with like if you search ocean spray jiggle wiggle
0: yeah and it just yeah like holidays and family time can be stiff like is yeah. like it's just it was that the insight like i don't know what's behind it like
1: yeah yeah it's what it, it, the, the insight came from the fact that uh a lot of um uh around uh thanksgiving and christmas time uh it can be well it was it was interesting that we we observed that a lot of the food was beige like oh, yeah. a lot of the food was
0: beige for thanksgiving right? yeah so, and...
1: stuffing even green beans covered with crispy onions and sauce still looks beige and you just you'd stare yeah. down at a plate of beige and there was something analogous with how bland the um <clears throat> the food is and how uh awkward and stilted the the conversation is so often. Yeah. and so uh, uh this uh, wobbling jelly became a pop of color and uh, a little bit of uh, fun move oh, yeah uh, the, to to bring the uh, the the festive I life.
0: I, lo- I love that the canned cranberry
1: I love a canned cranberry as
0: well. It's good on the sandwich after. I think it's, you mash it up a little bit. I think it's, I, you know what I was thinking? I got an idea for you too. Yeah. Butterball turkey. Yeah. I was thinking 4th of July just came up. How yeah. come people aren't grilling turkey for 4th of July? Like that could be something interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like only Thanksgiving. It's a, like it's American still. I don't That's, know. Some, some idea there.
1: I, I, I like it. Take the bring
0: Turkey to Fourth of July.
1: I don't know if the hardware exists.
0: Just a grill. You can grill like I think it's called spatchcock. Really? like when you like oh, oh, land now
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you
0: I don't know. I'm not a chef, but yeah, maybe okay. there's a way. Yeah. We'll talk.
1: No, 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 I like that. I, I, I was imagining I thought you were talking about like a whole turkey on a grill presentational in the same way that it, it is at thanksgiving but yeah no if if you if you split it up split it open and then yeah,
0: we do um I'm a quarter board. we do a quarterly award show on breaking and entering and uh greg Hahn judged the first one we have somebody at preacher her name's cullen blunt so maybe we'll have you judge the butterball brief happy to if cool. that yeah for sure all right back to you I, I i know we got off track but i want to get back so no, sure. You're in college, and what do you decide to study again? And where did you go to school? Oh,
1: uh, so it was it was politics, uh, but then uh, that that was dispatched quite early on. Then uh, English felt like a safe territory. Uh, eventually, it was English and film.
0: Okay, uh, I see where this is going now.
1: Uh, yeah, and then it, and then it evolved into journalism. I actually was okay. fascinated with uh, journalism. Was the, one of the most creative forms of writing that I could uh, kind of engage with.
0: Interesting. Yeah. journalism being the most creative form of of writing
1: yeah at the time that i had access right. to you right know, there's, there's there was a there's a whole you, you have to remember this was like maybe more than 20 years ago probably like 25 years ago so a, a lot of the access to information all the tools that we were talking about before at yeah. your disposal how how do you become a filmmaker how do you do this how, all these things were uh Mercur- mercurial and impossible at the time. And so I was like, What is the quickest pathway to some form of viable career? And journalism seemed like the the smart choice at the time because all it required was a brain and a pen or a keyboard.
0: Gotcha. You know? And that kinda foreshadows the work you did for The Guardian. later oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it's I guess at the time that was very, very helpful in uh, when it came to me understanding.
0: What would you study today if you wanted to do, you know, accelerate oh, we, your advertising career? If you're picking today, you said you wanted to be 13 again, and have tools and create. But now if you had to go to school, would you go to school in general? And what would you study if so?
1: Oh, that's uh, I'd probably uh, I well the, all the information out there to make things is out there. And yeah. I think the best oftentimes the best lessons for things like creating film. Uh, and, or or uh, or creative writing is by uh, reading, seeing film, consuming. yeah, consuming. So so I I'd, I'd, uh, I'd probably do a lot of that. And then if I had to study, I'd probably uh, focus more on um, uh, philosophy or, or or yeah or yeah something truly kind of big um, thinking. Yeah just yeah. uh, uh, crit- critical theory stuff like that. Uh, I, I'd go more more
0: um uh, classics maybe reading i i think i would if i had to do it again i would i I don't know if there's a classics program at like the big universe i would love to just study philosophy to read the classics have some sort of creative writing minor i don't know i feel like
1: it feels more pointed doesn't it especially now with when you have all the resources of the 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 world at your disposal online and you can learn how to do anything Mm -hmm. really what college then becomes is an avenue for you to learn how to think mm-hmm. critically, and so yeah, probably classics and philosophy feels like a a good a good waste of time. But,
0: yeah, but you would did you you kind of alluded that if you had to go, like, would you entertain an option where you didn't go to school, like a four year undergrad, bachelor's? It's very whatever.
1: difficult to kind of cast your mind into the
0: yeah. uh, it's hard,
1: reality, yeah, I mean because yeah. like, I, I found the I found the the the, the university experience very, very valuable. Um, so
0: analytic
1: helping me think, helping me think in an analytical way. So. yeah,
0: the network, the social, you learn to become a human and think on your own, like you said, and uh, it's sure. I love it. i I, I want to get back to a campus one of these days and and teach or do something something
1: secondary education. what's that? Where was your post-secondary education?
0: I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I studied advertising and they have a really large advertising program. And we can talk for hours about the undergraduate advertising program. Um, I think it's interesting, but I think if I had to go back, I would probably try to explore like a minor in advertising if that was a thing and like really study the classics. I wanna get lost in some of those timeless like books and and philosophy. I think that that really intrigues me. I
1: just started reading um, Finnegans Wake again. Um, What's it called? Finnegans Wake. Uh, James Joyce. It's 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 widely renowned as being um, uh, the most difficult and uh, unreadable uh, book in the English. So why? Like,
0: why pick it?
1: Like to the point to the point that uh, it makes Ulysses look like a cakewalk.
0: Holy cow! Ulysses okay. Is
1: easy compared to Finnegans Wake. So why? And why is because. There is a breathtaking exhibition on in London now. Uh, it's Anselm Kiefer at the, uh, at the White Cube. And he used Finnegan's Wake as inspiration for this in- incredibly uh, thoughtful and immersive and brilliant um, uh, uh, show that's on there. And, uh, and it just it made me want to dig into it again and kind of really – I think the first time I read it, I, I, I went through all 650-some pages, half understanding it. And this mm-hmm. time I've decided to really kind of like break it down and, and get into the guts of it.
0: So are you like, when you act and actively read like that, what, how do you get in the zone? Cause I'm still learning and I'm, you know, not the best reader. You said you were the avid reader award winner sure. for your fifth grade class or whatever it might be. So what, it, how do you like mentally gauge yourself?
1: Nice. Um, First I was right. six. Yeah. Uh, actually funnily enough I started reading it on public transportation and I was just like wow I can't focus on this because That's a, there's
0: people that do that but well, they yeah. probably not the hardest book ever to read but
1: white books you can read on public transportation yeah uh, uh so actually it was it was so difficult and so hard to focus because he's making up language as it's <laughs> not in the well, but it's but it's it's not wildly dissimilar to um, have you read *A Clockwork Orange* by Anthony Burgess?
0: No, I haven't. So a I lot have, of yeah. languages yeah.
1: made up in Anthony Burgess, but there's um, uh, Anthony Burgess was actually fascinated and obsessed with *Finnegans Wake* as well too, and I think that's probably why he wrote *A Clockwork Orange*. But he, what Anthony Burgess actually did was he took *Finnegans Wake* and he edited it down from 650 pages to about 200 pages, um, so like a just the essentials. So Anthony Burgess, other celebrated author created effectively a cliff notes version of Finnegan's wake so that people could better understand it. Cause he felt so passionately about this book. Wow. And Having struggled with that first chapter of Finnegan's wake, uh, after attempting to undertake it again, I went out and bought the Anthony Burgess version,
0: a bridge version.
1: And so now I'm going chapter by chapter and I'll read the James Joyce chapter and I'll go, Oh my God, that's a, that's insane. And then I'll read the Anthony Burgess chapter and I'll, oh. I'll go, okay, that makes a little more sense.
0: So you go back and forth.
1: Yeah. So I, I go back and forth and it's actually a really fun exercise. It's one that forces you to read at home rather than in public. Mm-hmm. But um, I've done it a couple of times. There's a, um, have you read uh, Lincoln and the Bardo?
0: No, I have not.
1: That's a George Saunders book. It's actually, he's a, he's a great short story writer. That's a, actually his only novel. Um I hope this isn't fucking up with your sound. Image. No, you're good. I'm just trying to get more coffee. Yeah, get um, your coffee. Um, so I'm I'm gonna prepare coffee as we talk. Um, just gonna pour some water. You can edit this out. I imagine <laughs> you're gonna do some editing anyway, so this is not a big deal. No,
0: I'm. This is good. Uh, right. So Lincoln in the Bardo is another uh, must yeah, read.
1: So Lincoln in the Bardo is was George Saunders who's uh, a teacher himself. I can't remember which educational facility he teaches at. Please. Uh, he's mostly renowned for his short story writing. Gotcha. Um, and he, uh, but his first novel was Lincoln and the Bardo. And it's, uh, it's an oral history of, um, uh, 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 well, it's the relationship between Lincoln and his son, uh, as told from, uh, a cemetery and it's all the, all the, uh, all the, all the dead people in the cemetery, uh, and their voices. So it's, they effectively form this. Uh, collective oral history, and because there are so many voices, the, there was an audio book uh, made of it with uh, different voices. All these incredible different oh, voices, nice. some amateur, some professional. And so that, so I actually the the first time I read Lincoln and the Bardo, I I had the book, but I also had the audio book, and okay. I just I, I did a read along. Okay, and that was the first project of this type because it's actually also quite a uh, it's a it's a tough book to wrap your head around. Yeah, I think it won the Pulitzer or the Booker, or maybe both, I'm not sure. It's, it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a um, monumental achievement in writing, but that was the first kind of like stay at home, read, listen, uh, consume a book in a different way type experience. And I'm So that's what I'm trying to do is re- have another one of those where I'm being a little slow and deliberate about how I consume the artifact.
0: I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for those recs. I wanna get to now your first job and how you actually broke into advertising. Sure. So, so that was uh, TBWA. That was TBWA. We hinted at that. How did you get there? What did you, did you have a portfolio? Did you know you wanted to be a creative? Did you want to go to account management? Did you have a mentor? What was the process to get your first job? Was it an internship first? Give me the rundown, the breaking Uh, and entering podcast. This is the big part of the show. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, the, 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 so, so I, uh, I was, uh, I did a one-year course after university Humber College in uh, in Toronto has a very very good copywriting program. So Humber and um, uh, OCA were the two big schools in the Toronto area and okay. kind of the 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 two of the bigger schools in Canada for creating uh, ad talent, like forming them. Uh, okay. OCA is mostly uh, visual design, art direction, Humber is writing. So you okay. usually and the, and the two colleges kind of worked in concert to pair they should. They should. pair writers with art directors
0: is this like a, an official college is this a portfolio school do you get a degree is it one course what They're is this official. is it accredited is it respected
1: They're, oh yeah respected accredited uh official colleges, not specifically University. for advertising there's other disciplines
0: okay so in, the,
1: bo- in both of them
0: gotcha but they have this certificate maybe one yeah
1: i think it's certificate courses yeah is it
0: still going on now Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I I think I I
1: still think, I mean, I I haven't checked in on Humber recently, um, but I still see the copyright, copywriting courses going. There's still good uh, people coming out of there. So if you
0: know anybody there or have any professors, I would love to have them on the show.
1: Yeah, uh, I
0: think all my professors
1: are. uh Probably retired or done with it. Uh, I think I know. Were John,
0: they industry professionals or were they PhDs or combo yeah, masters?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a combo of ex-industry professionals and current uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, academics. Yeah, yeah uh, Jane Bongers was one of my uh, one of, was probably one of the more fundamental uh, tutors. She was phenomenal, and uh, so she eventually you- took over the program. She wasn't leading the program at the time. She was one of my tutors, but she eventually took over the program. Uh, so you took
0: the copywriting route.
1: Yeah. And yeah. then that was a year, was that one? It was quarter? a year course, yeah. And from there... Uh, Humber had good relationships with uh, colleges and uh, not colleges, agencies uh, gotcha. around the Toronto and Vancouver. What'd area you right?
0: end up leaving that with? Did you have like a, a what What was the goal a spec portfolio? Or spec did portfolio
1: you... and internship. So the whole nice. way that course was set up was by the end of it, you, you, the the, 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 second semester was the first semester was learning the fundamentals. The second semester, this, the spring course, which led to summer was focused on working on your book. Nice and if you managed to get in at that stage all the agencies were looking and pulling from schools so if you managed you. to get an early internship then you were considered one of the
0: stars of the program how many people in the program do you remember in your class I think it was probably like 30 or something like that gotcha you were working together a little bit competitive having fun yeah for
1: sure it was it was all friendly and healthy competition i mean yeah. a lot
0: of uh, – i think everyone had there was
1: a lot of distinct styles so there there there, there weren't I think the, the the best students in the class, knew themselves. Uh, probably four or five of us, are all had all quite different uh, types yeah. of work, so it, it, was, yeah. it didn't ever feel like everyone anyone fighting for a job.
0: I gotcha. Did you then pair up with the other college? Like, because you, did your book look a co- like a copywriter's portfolio? You'd
1: frequently, yeah, uh, yeah, pair with You'd the other college. Hit
0: them department. up and, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's smart. Why didn't they merge them? Or they're just two different institutions? Was like, was? Different
1: institutions. I think it was just more a mar- marriage of convenience. Did, the, uh,
0: did your school that you went to not have an art direction program, or is it not? It was just weaker. And you're saying the other institution had, was notably stronger for art direction.
1: I think that was the case. Yeah. If Understood. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Sure. I feel like, yeah. I feel like it was more of a design program rather than art direction at Humber specifically, which is why, because um, design and art direction are obviously very, very different disciplines that yes. Um, yes. Uh, people will frequently um, con- conflate to negative effect. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. the kettle whistle. Sorry.
0: All good. Gotcha. So then, TBWA toronto is that correct they did you have the internship there or did you yeah
1: so i got an early internship hold on let me just get rid of this coffee and uh yeah down it uh no just it's i'm making it so there's the i gotta throw away the old granules
0: and introduce the new ones. what are you rocking there french press uh kettle press nice that's probably the best way to make coffee right
1: i um I go French press and uh, I'll also keep a, a, a jar of instant. And usually I'd use instant in this circumstance, but I've just run out of instant. So I have to I have to make it and you have
0: to hear the kettle whistle and whatnot. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, so so yeah. the internship and you intern as a copywriter, they loved you so much that when your internship was done, you graduated officially from that one year program at that college, they said, we got to have David on.
1: That's exactly right. Uh, you've just, yeah, that's, that's no, exactly right.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hear you. I have um, no more
1: to add. That, that, so so uh,
0: do you still recommend that same program then? I know the portfolio school, there's a bunch of them out there, different options, but that one year program, did your parents, were they on board with it or whoever your support, your guardians were, were they cool with that? Did you have to convince them? Do you have to pay it on your own? What is that process like? Do you still recommend people to go there? Give me the rundown.
1: Yeah. I, at that stage... Um, the post-secondary education, uh, the financial burden fell on me, so
0: I'd. Um, Which is like a nice little push, right? And it yeah, actually.
1: Sure, and I, I, t- I, think I took out a loan to to pay my way through, and I was a little skin I in was, the game. I was living on my own. I was in Toronto. I was, uh, I was uh, free. I was a freelance journalist at the time, working retail to subsidize because freelance oh, journalist where retail. Freelance journalism wasn't paying a ton at the time. Probably still doesn't. Um, and then I just I was just like I have to. The journalism thing I don't love, uh, mm-hmm. and and retail I obviously don't love. Where would you uh,
0: work retail? Uh,
1: I worked at uh, well, uh, the Gap. In the nice. end, I managed a Gap. But before that, go. it was mostly like record stores and bookstores and stuff like that. But when I when I when I moved to Toronto, no record stores or bookstores would hire me. So, um, so I, yeah, I, I, I did clothing retail. Not wow. the, that's
0: good stuff though. Good experience. It, add, it
1: that it, I, I'm actually very, very, um, uh, uh, I feel blessed to have had that experience because that was what got me interested in fashion, which was another discipline that I eventually kind of, another artistic discipline, which I, uh, I'm now obsessed with.
0: So, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think retail or like being a server those are great like customer service oriented jobs for people that are not like, they can't land that internship just yet. Like you for still sure. get so many skills working retail or being a server at a restaurant.
1: Mm-hmm. Those yeah.
0: are those indirect skills that you can't go wrong with. And if you learn how to spin that, that narrative, talk about it in an interview. That's like actually people, a
1: really good point.
0: People was, all can, we can all re- recall and re- resonate with people that are servers or in retail, right? We, I've so never most thought of us about that.
1: that, but like all, all the, like, being able to manage and handle difficult client interactions, the, yeah. a lot of the foundational elements of, of, of my ability to do that stem from being able to put up with tough customers in retail. That's a really great point. Actually, yeah. I never really thought about that.
0: Yeah. I know I, I worked at Nordstrom and that was a, a great experience, just known for customer service. Like they trained us really well early on, like a good high school like summer college job when you don't have that internship so but you landed you got in the tbwa in canada all right i know we don't have much time but i want to get to now biggest moments biggest lessons in your career biggest work that you've made what are you most proud of looking back in your career and in about 10 minutes like,
1: gino would it would it help you if we had another hour uh not yeah now, should, we, but like, should we do a part two if you want to do a part two, that way we don't have to rush anything. Okay. I, th- I can give you another hour next
0: week if that helps. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think I've never done a two-parter before, but, you know, I, I got right, lost of- And you can edit it down. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this long. It just seems the natural flow of the conversation. Well, let's hint at, because, you know, I would love to get another 30, 40 minutes with you. But, like, yeah. what can we hint at as a cliffhanger uh, to the people, like, about your career?
1: Uh, uh, do I, do I make time? it?
0: do you make it um, does it does it all work out at the a, end
1: a, that's a bad joke because obviously i'm <laughs> yeah. talking to you so i must have achieved something in my life um uh yeah not a great joke uh cliffhanger what what what, what could i put? i will reveal one dark secret
0: uh, next time i haven't, well, i haven't really picked the dark secret that's yet, okay one dark secret one one dark secret and the worst ad you've ever made Oh, that's a good idea.
1: That's Let's do that instead because Dark Secret could be... Um, oh,
0: yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about the worst ad you ever made. The, and the, the ad I'm most
1: embarrassed about in part and, two. And
0: we'll, we'll bring it back to life. We'll share it on our social. Oh, dear. Yeah. You got to own it now. I know. You got to own it. And then we'll talk about the best ad you've ever made. Yeah. Oh, you know what we should
1: do? Because, like, bad ads are... Bad ads are, are one, like bad ads that you've been uh, bullied into making by yeah. bad clients is one thing, but actually, maybe more embarrassing and more tantalizing is an ad that I thought was
0: going belie- to be great. Yeah, you believed in it.
1: I really believed in it. And now when I look at it, I go, Jesus Christ, that's not
0: good. We'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Let's, great. Let's do, let's do my cringiest ad that I thought was going to be amazing, but didn't turn out as I expected it next week.
0: I love it. A All self harm. Right. Yeah. I can't wait. Okay. Because we always talk about the good stuff. So, yeah. We know you got good stuff. We'll talk about the bad stuff.
1: All right. We'll do it. We'll do a, We'll do a, a really bad ad. I've, I've already mind. got it in mind.
0: All right. We'll leave it at that. All right, David. Thank you so, so much for your time. We'll, we'll pick this up hopefully next week. Of course. You rock.